This is the Black and Blue Report, straight from the source. No appointment radio, wherever, whenever. Now, from Studio B, or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Sean Kelly. Happy Friday, everyone. Welcome into the Black and Blue Report, the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. We're all set to wrap up what's been a good week here on this podcast, and we're going to do it in fine fashion today. We've got two great guests for you that I'll share uh, in just a moment. But first, how about last night's big win with the New Orleans Pelicans at Smoothie King Center, taking down the Kings 114-105 and doing it shorthanded last night. Anthony Davis missed the game due to his concussion, and Tyreek Evans was unable to play uh, with his right knee tendonitis. And if you factor in Eric Gordon and Quincy Pondexter, heck, last night the Pelicans uh, took the floor to start the game without four-fifths of their starting lineup. In fact, a guy on a 10-day contract, an NBA rookie, made his first start last night, Bryce DeJean Jones. I thought he, uh, I thought he uh, reported very well for the Pelicans last night. He had a career-high 14 points on 5 of 12 shooting, including three threes. A little trouble at the free throw line, though, one of six. But otherwise, it was a monster night from Ryan Anderson. He had 36 in the start. Uh, that ties his career high. Drew Holiday had another big game with 25 points. And Norris Cole set a new career high with 10 assists last night. In fact, the Pelicans had 25 assists on 43 made field goals and, again, had double-digit three-pointers in the game. This is huge. The uh, Pelicans are now, uh, I think, three games out in the Western Conference playoffs. And I know it's the end of January. we got a long way to go. But uh, you're looking at a winning month now for New Orleans. And uh, I thought in not quite a must-win situation, but a big game situation, they stepped up last night, played very hard, and earned themselves a win. Now two left on this homestand. And that goal of going 6-1 and one on this homestand, um, which seemed uh, high um, but realistic, is still attainable with Brooklyn on Saturday and then Memphis on Monday. So a big win last night for the Pels, and uh, we'll talk to Siku Smith today from NBA.com. He's one of our guests. We'll be talking about that Pelicans game and also about All-Star because Anthony Davis was selected as a Western Conference All-Star Reserve yesterday. He'll make his third All-Star appearance. We'll talk to him about that and uh, how both uh, All-Star rosters shook out. Uh, who should have been in and, and does get in, and then, of course, uh, who gets snubbed? We'll ask his opinion on that. And then our big, big guest today is Archie Manning. Oh, boy, what a week for the Mannings as uh, Peyton is now gearing up for the Super Bowl. And uh, Archie has had a very busy week. We're very lucky to have him. And we'll talk about uh, the Manning week, if you will, and uh, what he expects for next week with regard to Super Bowl 50. So great show. Stay with us. We'll take our first break, and we'll get up to our guest right after this. Take flight with your New Orleans Pelicans on Saturday, January 30th at 6 when the Brooklyn Nets come to town. It's the year of the Mardi Gras uniform where the first 3,000 kids 13 and under receive a free Pelicans drawstring bag courtesy of Rouse's and gluten-free Cheerios. The Pelicans Fest pregame block party tips off the fun at 4.30 with live music, inflatable games for the kids, and more. Tickets start as low as $21. Visit pelicans.com to get your seats today. You owe it to yourself and your home to call Terminex. I'm Vincent Palumbo. Whether you need a lifetime termite damage guarantee or hassle-free pest control service, we do it all. And I'm Ed Martin, Terminex entomologist. 
We have developed a convenient pest control system where we're scheduled in your home only twice a year. We attack bugs outside where they live. Call 834-7330 for guaranteed control of any pests or termites. Terminix does it all. All-Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. All-Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. This lasting investment is virtually maintenance-free and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All-Star Electric. Let us evaluate your building, parking lot, or home for an LED conversion because we know we can save you some money. What's up, Pelican fans? This is Anthony Mackey, a shorter, talented version of Anthony Davis, and you are listening to the Black and Blue Report. Go Pelicans. Still to come here on the Black and Blue Report this Friday, Archie Manning. Big interview with him, but first up, Sekou Smith from NBA.com and NBA TV and TNT. He's awfully busy, and it only gets busier now for him as All-Star is uh, heading our way. Next next month, which, by the way, starts on Monday, next month in Toronto, Canada. TNT is your home, of course, for all-star festivities, including the big game itself. Seku, good morning. So glad you could come back with us here on this Friday. I appreciate it, Sean. How you doing, man? I'm doing well. Hey, last night was a lot of fun at the Smoothie King Center, and I'll ask you about that, uh, that ball game and what it means here in just a little bit. But as you full well know, Anthony Davis was named to his third all-star team yesterday. And now we know the rosters for both the East and the West for All-Star festivities in Toronto. Um, first of all, what did you think of Anthony Davis's third selection? And, uh, and as you look at the rosters now, what makes sense and what doesn't make sense? Well, I mean, I don't think you can keep a guy who touches every statistical category the way Anthony Davis does off, off an All-Star team, even if his team has struggled a bit. To start the season, so I'm I'm not surprised at all that, that he was included on that list of reserves, and you know I think I think it's a you know hard earned honor for him, especially. Um, I think you know one of the things you you look at when you look at those rosters is what did Damian Lillard do to people to not be included on All Star teams on the USA Basketball roster? I can't imagine a guy producing more than he does in being left off these lists as often as he has. It's just a strange, strange thing. I don't know if it's that he's playing the position. It's just so stacked that he gets kind of cut out of that mix or what. But he's the only guy that, to me, I really looked at and said, this guy's done all-star work and is not getting an opportunity to be rewarded for it properly. Seku, I think you're onto something with regard to the position he plays. But, you know, and, and, and teams out west and smaller markets deal with this. Look, it's hard for a lot of the country to see a guy like Damian Lillard play on a regular basis. And uh, obviously with the Blazers not doing so well themselves, uh, that may factor in too. And, and, and so, therefore, I guess it begs the, 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 the question, um, does, does it hurt teams like the Trailblazers in getting top-notch players because of the experience that like, a guy like Damian Lillard's now going through in, in a snub situation? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it does. I mean, I think you see LaMarcus Aldridge leaves and free agency to go to San Antonio, um, you know, which is obviously a unique set of circumstances, you know, going to play for a team that's been a the, the beacon, of, you know, franchise in terms of competing at the highest level and chasing championships the last 15, what, 16 years, 
even longer than that. Um, but yeah, I think Portland being so far on the fringes of what you know everybody else is tuned into does hurt you know Damian Lillard and certainly poses a problem for the Trailblazers in terms of attracting top-flight free agent talent. So you know, one way or another, you have to find a way to, to work around that. But it is a it is an issue that Neil O'Shea and, and the, you know folks in the front office out there have to contend with at all times. If if Damian Lillard would be in, who would be out in the West? Who would he replace on that roster that you see? Yeah, that, that's the tough part. Um, you know, because I always tell people that there are no undeserving All Stars. I mean, I think anybody that gets picked has clearly done enough to make that squad. Um, so I don't know who you know. I mean, obviously Kobe Bryant being on the list skews everything, and him being a you know voted in as a starter. It ends up knocking a guy like Draymond Green, you know, out of a starting spot, and therefore there's a, a domino effect, you know. So that last guy, that last guy picked, you know, that last wild card spot is the one who you really look at and say, well, could he have been bumped, or you know, could somebody else bump him? So I, you know, I don't know that there's any one guy you look at and say he took Damian Lillard's spot. I just feel like Lillard didn't get the boost or the benefit he would have um, if all things were equal. Thank you. In the past, the commissioner's been able to fix, quote unquote, some of these problems. Let's say a guy is injured, is unable to participate, and the commissioner's been able to slot somebody like Damian Lillard. Um, the problem here for Damian and maybe the commissioner too is that I'm looking at the Western Conference All Star roster, and I don't see anybody that at the moment would miss the All Star game. Knock on wood. Yeah, I mean, you know, another guy, Blake Griffin, was the other name that you look at and say, well, he's not on the list, but he's injured anyway, so he won't be available. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, both both sides are stacked, you know, the East and the West. And we've seen the last couple of years here have been some of the best, certainly in my time covering the league, in terms of competitiveness, uh, talent top to bottom on both sides of the conference divide. Uh, you know, quality people and stars that, you know, that you love to see um, promoting the league around the globe. You know, I, I think about Anthony Davis. Um, you know, and Lillard and some of these other stars who are 25 and younger, and they're becoming commercial faces. Now you see them in national ads and, and stuff like that. So, you know, you, you couldn't have a better flag to, to wave around right now if you're Adam Silver in the NBA because you have so many quality stars and, and young men representing the, uh, the NBA Shield. I am so glad you brought that up because – Seiko, I'll be honest, so many times I, and, and I'm not alone, we get stuck in our era. And so I was doing the same thing. I'm looking at these all-star teams going, holy cow, these are stacked. And, and, and then part of me says, well, probably all the all-star rosters over the years have been this way. But for whatever reason, like you said, these last couple seem to be uh, top to bottom, uh, so almost perfect it's 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 hard not to get lost in your own era and say how good this really is. Well, I think one of the good things about the way they do it now is that you don't have to be position specific. You know, there were times when you had to have a center, you know, in there, and and I thought the guy they reached for was was you know maybe somebody outside of the circle of players you would have considered an all star otherwise. Uh, by doing it backcourt and frontcourt, it allows you some leeway to not be constricted by, hey, we got to have two guards, two forwards in the center 
you know, in the starting group, and then the same formula for your reserves. Uh, I won't say any names, but there have been some big men all-stars in the times I've covered the league that I thought, mm, that, you know, this guy is getting a gift based on being seven feet tall and playing a certain position that he wouldn't otherwise have, you know, in terms of all-star recognition. Good point. Good point. We haven't really said anything about the East. Um, what jumps out at you about the East All-Star roster, whether it be maybe Isaiah Thomas or an Andre Drummond, some of the guys that may not be so familiar with the All-Star experience? Actually, it's, it's somebody that jumps out at me in the starting group, and that's Carmelo Anthony, who I was glad to see uh, get in as a starter, and I certainly thought he should have gotten in if, as a reserve if he wasn't voted in by the fans. But there's been so much hype about Tristan Porzingis this year and how he's playing and what that means to the Knicks. And I think the thing that's going really uh, under the radar is that Carmelo is the linchpin for everything they're doing in New York. Last year they didn't have him healthy the whole season, and they struggled. And this year, for the most part, he's been healthy and, and been at his best. Not necessarily piling up the statistics he did earlier in his career, but being a leader, uh, you know, guiding that, that group. Because it's not a, it's not a star-studded group, to say the least. His contemporaries around the league are all playing with other all-stars or superstars. Uh, you know, LeBron, Kevin Durant, all these guys are playing on teams where they have another all-star with them. And Carmelo is really doing it on his own. You know, Porzingis is just a rookie. He's, he's had his nice nights and he's, he's had his moments, but he's had a lot of nights where he doesn't show up on the highlights and nobody says anything. But Carmelo doesn't have that luxury. So I, I'm, I'm enjoying this part of Carmelo's career watching him evolve as a leader and as a guy um, who you can look at and as the centerpiece of a team that has a chance to get back in the playoff picture. Any thoughts on the coaching situation? And I know this is somewhat of a minor storyline, but Teron Liu uh, coaching the Eastern Conference All-Stars, Greg Popovich with the West. Um, it's kind of a, a real interesting wrinkle this time around. Um, did you Do you have an opinion on, on how this all played out? Uh, well, I know Pop would rather be somewhere drinking a glass of wine um, <laughs> than having to bother with coaches in the all-star team in Toronto. So I'm sure he's fired up about it. But, um, I, you know, you know, Toronto is the coach of the best team in the Eastern Conference now. Um, and he would have been there anyway if David Blatt hadn't been fired. He'd have been there as, as the top assistant for the Eastern Conference all-star. So him moving over 18 inches doesn't bother me. I don't know why it would bother anybody else. I know there's been the sentiment that, you know, you have Dwayne Casey, you know, being in Toronto, having the game in Toronto. It would have been a symbolic thing maybe to have him be the head coach. <clears throat> but I don't think that matters, to be honest with Sean. I think it's just the, the next division. Nobody's going to remember who the coach was of this game unless something crazy happens, unless we get a 175 to 183, you know, final score or something ridiculous. Other than that, It'll be forgotten in a few weeks who the coaches were, and, uh, and we'll move on. I think you and I are in total agreement on this point. Sekou Smith with a senior writer for NBA.com. Uh, last night, uh, Sekou at the Smoothie King Center, the Pelicans without Anthony Davis, without Tyreek Evans, without Eric Gordon, uh, beat the Kings 114-105. to 105. Here are the Pelicans in a winning month finally this January, playing much better, and now three games out of the Western Conference's eighth position albeit with a record of 17 and 28. So the conversation here in New Orleans, Sekou, as you might imagine, is 
is that the Pelicans here, despite early struggles this season, big early struggles, uh, might be in a position here to play for a playoff position. Um, is it too early to have this conversation? Is it relevant? What does it all mean uh, after a game like last night? I don't think it's too early at all. Um, you know, for me, Christmas is kind of that kickoff of when we find out, <clears throat> excuse me, who the who the real teams are going to be. And by All Star, you find out who's going to give chase for one of those eight playoff spots. And you know, Alvin Gentry knew he was walking into a situation where there would be some transition, um, and it might take a little time. I'm sure nobody imagined they'd get off to as rough a start as they did, but. To me, he was the ideal fit as a coach for that team. And you look at the roster and trying to keep certain guys healthy. Uh, you know, you you got to pin years back right now and go and go for it. And uh, whether you have Anthony Davis in the lineup or not, Tyreek Evans or whoever, there's no time to waste. You know, the, the West is in a similar position to what the Eastern Conference has been in the past few years, where you might get that eighth playoff spot with a sub 500, you know, record. You might. You might have to back back your way in there to make some noise, but so you know, so what? I've seen teams do it, and it's been a you know a turning point for them as a franchise. You know, the Hawks did it years ago, and uh, and they haven't stopped going to the playoffs since. And I think that's the model that you need to take into this you know process if you if you really want to be a playoff team and you want to focus on getting better in growth and development as opposed to worrying about what your record is and dealing with the lottery every season. Fair enough. All right, Zeku, then as, as we turn into February here after the weekend, um, in that group, that log jam right now, let's say from seven down, so we're talking about Houston, uh, Portland, Sacramento, Denver, Utah, New Orleans. You know, out of, I think, what, what I just named there, five teams, um, who do you see as the teams that are finally duking it out as we get past the Ides of March and toward April? Well, to, in, in my mind's eyes, it's, it's Houston, Sacramento, and New Orleans, you know, because you look at who's, you know, who hasn't really played with a full roster or hit their ceiling yet, those are the teams that you think about. Josh Smith going to Houston, changing things a little bit for them. Um, Rondo and DeMarcus Cousins, you know, getting on, finally getting on the right accord with George Carl and, and Sacramento, seeing an uptick in their play. And then, you know, if, if Anthony Davis can find a way to stay on that court and, and stay out of the training room, we've all thought that the Pelicans had a chance to, you know, be a contender for that spot that they, they you know, got last year on the last night of the season. So, and you know, to me, those are the three teams I look at and look at the schedule, the, you know, the health of the roster, and kind of project as the ones that will battle it out, you know, for that spot. Could be interesting. Could be interesting. Hey, look, I know All-Star Week's going to be very busy for you, not only with NBA.com, but as an analyst with TNT. Uh, specifically, even though there's a huge workload in front of you, uh, is there specifically anything that you're very much looking forward to in Toronto come All-Star time? Yeah, well, last year we froze. I mean, we literally froze down to the toes on your feet in New York. It was just epic cold. So if we just get decent weather, I will, I will love uh, spending a few days in Toronto. It's one of my favorite cities. Um, you know, and the entire world is watching, of course, on All-Star Weekend, so that's, that makes it an even, you know, better time. But really, I want to see what Kobe Bryant does in his swan song, in his final 
all-star appearance. I remember when he took it to Michael Jordan and Jordan's last appearance here in Atlanta. Um, Kobe wasn't interested in seeing Michael Jordan go out with the storybook finish. So I'm curious to see who is going to try and prevent him from being able to do the same in his last all-star appearance. Yeah, good storyline. Good one there. Well, I hope, my friend, you stay warm. Um, and speaking of TNT, the Pelicans will be featured on the NBA on TNT each of the next two Thursdays, the 4th against the Lakers and then the 11th against the Thunder, and then it's off to All-Star. Uh, so, Seku, thank you again for joining us today, and uh, all the best as you uh, make your way toward All-Star in February. All right, John, thank you. Thank you. Follow him on Twitter, of course, also his work at NBA.com. All right, Archie Manning here on the Black and Blue Report right after this. Trust isn't something that's easily built over video screens or with long-distance calls. That's why at Whitney Bank, we make it a priority to be here for you with more local branches offering face-to-face service. Whitney customers leave with more than a transaction receipt in hand. We listen to your goals and have what it takes to help you achieve them. Drop by today and ask about our new relationship checking packages with built-in personal identity security features. Whitney Bank, here today, here when you need us, here to build a future with you. Ever been surprised by a bill? A big bill that's higher than expected? Entergy's online tools let you take control. Try level billing so there are no surprises. Pick a due date that works for you. And sign up for alerts to remind you when your bill is due. Make your bills fit your budget. Don't wait another month. Take action today at EntergyIdeas.com. That's the power of people. Entergy. Take flight with your New Orleans Pelicans on Saturday, January 30th at 6 when the Brooklyn Nets come to town. It's the year of the Mardi Gras uniform where the first 3,000 kids 13 and under receive a free Pelicans drawstring bag courtesy of Rouse's and gluten-free Cheerios. The Pelicans Fest pregame block party tips off the fun at 4.30 with live music, inflatable games for the kids, and more. Tickets start as low as $21. Visit pelicans.com to get your seats today. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Archie Manning, of course, is a member of the Saints Ring of Honor. His name is synonymous with the Saints uh, and their legacy, and of course with the city of New Orleans as a tremendous ambassador for the Crescent City, and uh, he's enough to join us here on the Black and Blue Report. Archie, it's good to talk to you. I, haven't, I don't think I've really talked to you since training camp, uh, and that seems uh, much warmer and much further away than our visit here in January. Well, it has been, and a lot of, as always during football season, a lot of water under the bridge. No but doubt. Another year is about to close out, so it's it's been a good one for us. Congratulations on a great season for Peyton, and a remarkable one. Thinking about probably some ups and downs here. Can can you get your arms around what's happened now this football season? Well, it's football's all. You know, my dad used to talk about an oblong ball bounces funny. It, it, it it's bounced funny for a lot of people, a lot of teams. Uh, and I guess that's what makes it a great game. It's certainly been kind of different and unique for our family, different and unique for, for the Broncos. But uh, they're in a good place and uh, down to the final two. So we'll see what happens. What was the game? What was watching that game like on Sunday, Archie? I know you've, you've seen your sons now and yourself have participated in so many different scenarios. Was there anything truly unique about this past Sunday's game against New England? Well, it was a great football game. You know, the storyline was uh, 
Uh, the Bronc defense really got after the Patriots, got after uh, Tom Brady. Tom showed uh, the, the pro and the great player he is, how he stood in there and took a lot of licks and, and uh, came back and, you know, gave his, ch- his team a chance to win. Um, great effort by that Bronco defense. Um, you know, offensively, the Broncos aren't as good as they've been in years past, but still uh, they, they're trying to play off their defense and get some things going. And, you know, they they led in the football game most of the way and didn't give the Patriots anything except one uh, controversial call on a, on a challenge. So uh, it, was, it was really a good football game, two great teams. How hard is it to be objective, Archie Manning, at this point when you're watching a game that involves one of your sons? Uh, well, I'm just, I'm, I'm honest. I'm, I'm full blast for my son. You know, I pull as hard as, as anyone, but I'm, I've been around football a long time. I, I know good football when I see it. I know good coaching. I know good players. So, um, it's, it's not hard. Uh, how, how badly did your phone blow up on Sunday after Peyton qualified for another Super Bowl? All, all time record, 173 texts. That's, I, I'm a, I text a lot. I have I feel blessed to have a lot of friends. Um, Peyton has a lot of friends. Peyton had a big following in that game. I think a lot of people like the story that's going on there after this type of season he's had. So we, I got a, got a lot of response from friends. Did Peyton have any idea that this is where he might stand in late January based upon the injury back during the regular season and the way the season was progressing? Well, you know, every player in there is during the season, that's their goal. Peyton's been fortunate enough. This is his fourth time to be there, but certainly this season was different than any other. When he was hurt, no, he didn't know if he'd play again, and he didn't know, you know, just how things would unfold for the football team and, and for him. So he's certainly had the good Lord on his side and been fortunate. To, he's um, He did a good job trying to get himself well and being ready to play when he had a chance. Uh, Archie, this getting ready for a Super Bowl involving one of your sons is probably old hat, huh? I didn't realize it until this morning. Uh, Ted Lewis told me that uh, out of the last ten Super Bowls that I've had a son in six of them. So um, it's it's always fun. There, there is some there's some chores to do. I'm still I'm kind of in the second day of I call it ticket t- ticket scrambling, uh, <laughs> trying to do that for friends and family. Uh, I I always tell everybody to enjoy the journey. I got to get through all these tickets so I can really enjoy the journey. When that's done, then how do you go about doing it? What have you learned as far as the best way to enjoy oh, the experience? Just, oh, we have a, we have a good time. We try to be able to share this with family and friends. We have a lot of friends going out to San Francisco. Uh, Cooper and his family will be there. Eli's in the Pro Bowl. He's coming back to San Francisco. He and I have some corporate things to do together. We'll have some fun times together with family and friends. So. Uh, we're going to try to enjoy it, and hopefully it'll be hopefully it'll be a great game. Do you think Peyton goes on after this game, or is this is this it? And I, I maybe maybe I'm not being asking you that question, but I thought well, I got it. you know, Peyton Peyton's really good at, at kind of putting things off to the right time. He's always put a lot into making decisions, so he's full, full speed ahead on this game and trying to get a win. And you know, then he'll he'll take his time and uh, make 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 a good decision. Let me ask you this. Um, NFL.com released the video of, of Peyton uh, embracing Bill Belichick after the game on Sunday, and they subtitled the conversation. Um, and, of course, there was the, you know, the comment that everybody's talking about right now, Archie, is, you know, this might be my last rodeo. Um, mm-hmm. is, that, is that conversation in your mind private, or is that, is that for public consumption? 
Uh, it is private in my mind. Uh, you know, I, I'm all for advances we've we've made uh, in technology and uh, increased media, and the game. We have a great game out there. It's great, but you know, something like that to me is, is private and and shouldn't be recorded. Yeah, I, I think I'm in agreement with you. I, it's got to be, it's got to be super tough because, as Archie, as you said, there's there's a thousand microphones and cameras surrounding those two guys at the end of a football yeah. game. Yeah, I guess it's kind of hard for for uh, two players or an opposing team or a player and coach to have a quick conversation uh, after a battle. It'd be one thing if a, if a media outlet released that information. Uh, are you surprised that the NFL itself was the one that kind of let the cat out of the bag? I, I guess that's just the world we live in. Okay. Um, any thought on what you think the game might look like one week from Sunday? Well, Carolina's really good. They're real good. Both sides of the ball. They're playing good. A lot of a lot of momentum there. Uh, what a great season they've had. Just an unbelievable season. And their championship game was a, was a blowout. So uh, the Broncos uh, are coming off a huge win, but they'll they'll quickly realize what a what a tough chore they have. And uh, but uh, they're, they're good coaches. Coach Kubiak's good. Wade Wilson. They'll they'll get ready to play. So we'll, we'll see what You mentioned Eli, of course, at the Pro Bowl, and uh, and Archie, of course, he's also a finalist for the NFL Man of the Year award. Um, I don't want to uh, I don't want to not have you on and ask you about your other son's accomplishment as far as how that award may affect your family. Well, that's a special thing, you know. Peyton won that award, and um, as a parent, it's something you're, you're very proud of. Uh, I like the way the NFL does that. There'll be one winner. But actually, all three people are, are recognized throughout Super Bowl week, and there's some functions there that we'll be able to attend with Eli. So Eli's worked really hard uh, in Mississippi and up in the New York, New Jersey area, and here in New Orleans in um, trying to give back. So we're really proud that he's being recognized for that. I'm, I'm curious as to how the rest of 2016 would go, Archie, if, if Ole Miss wins the Sugar Bowl, which they did, and Eli wins NFL Man of the Year, and Peyton goes on to win the Super Bowl. Um, what else is to be done the next ten and a half months? Well, we'll just try to be grateful. <laughs> if all those things were to happen, that'd be the ultimate hat trick for the Manning family. But we'll handle it no matter what happens. Archie Manning, uh, as always, I am uh, privileged to be able to speak with you, and I appreciate all your time. All the best to the Manning family over the next couple of weeks here. Hey, thanks a lot, Sean. Yep. Thanks, pal. You bet. Appreciate it. Archie Manning okay, with bye-bye. Us bye-bye. Yep, bye-bye. on the Black and Blue Report. There he goes, and uh, we'll continue after this. The Harlem Globetrotters bring their 90th anniversary world tour to the Smoothie King Center for two shows Saturday, April 2nd. Witness some of the world's best athletes execute unbelievable feats of ball handling, trick shots, and comedy. It's the team's most epic tour in 90 years and a lifelong memory in the making. Score your tickets at Ticketmaster.com and don't miss your chance to get in on the action at the Smoothie King Center Saturday, April 2nd at 2 and 7 p.m. How much do you want to lose this year? 5, 10, 15 pounds? It's time to set your goal and go for it with the Smoothie King Change a Meal Challenge. Just change one meal a day with one of 20 delicious meal replacement smoothies, all under 400 calories per 20-ounce serving, and see how much you can lose. With flavors like pineapple mango, almond mocha, and more, it's easier than ever to reach for your goals. Take the Change a Meal Challenge, only at Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. Weight loss is based on a low-calorie diet and exercise program. Consult your physician before beginning any diet program. He must be a big deal since he's verified on Twitter. 
He's Sean Kelly, and this is the Black and Blue Report. Great show today. Archie Manning, Sekou Smith. Man, what a great way to wrap up a week of the Black and Blue Report. I love having a good Friday show heading into the weekend. What a weekend this is going to be, by the way. Uh, We've got parades here in the New Orleans Metro starting uh, today that continue tomorrow and work through Sunday. And with that being said, tomorrow night at Smoothie King Center, the Pelicans will uh, wear for the first time their shirt-sleeved Mardi Gras uniforms, the new ones that you you saw back in the fall. So we're very excited about that. It's a 6 p.m. tip-off at Smoothie King Center against the Brooklyn Nets. And the first 3,000 kids uh, in the building tomorrow night will participate uh, in the year of the unit, Mardi Gras uniform by receiving the uh, the Pelicans drawstring bag. It looks just like the jersey. It's really cool. It's brought to you by Rouse's and Gluten-Free Cheerios. So make sure that you are uh, in that number tomorrow night. I think tickets are still available for as little as $21. Just call today, 525-HOOP. Uh, that's area code 504. Or go to pelicans.com. The Pelicans uh, are hoping they have Anthony Davis back tomorrow. He in the words of Alvin Gentry, sailed through the first two phases of the concussion protocol. And uh, as I understand it, there's two more phases to complete. Uh, hopefully that can be done before tomorrow. Now, of course, there's a chance that it, it may have to wait until Monday. But we'll hope for uh, Anthony back on the floor. Tyreek, for that matter, too, for that 6 p.m. tip-off tomorrow night against the Nets. Full coverage, by the way, on the Pelicans Radio Network and on Fox Sports New Orleans starting at 5.30. That'll do it for us. Don't forget to follow on Twitter, at Black Blue Report, or you can follow me at, at Sean Kelly Live. And uh, we'll kick off a new week of the Black and Blue Report on Monday. We'll be talking Super Bowl 50. Uh, Anita Marks will be with us from ESPN Radio. And also uh, we'll be previewing the Pelicans' final game of this long homestand when they take on the Grizzlies on Monday night. Hopefully we'll be talking about another win, too, uh, when we next uh, meet up with you here in this format. So with that being said, thanks again to our guests today and Daniel Salerson, of course, uh, for working with us uh, from behind the scenes on this particular Friday. And I hope that you have a great weekend. Happy Mardi Gras, everybody. Enjoy the great weather, too. It's supposed to be fantastic. Those of you listening to our podcast elsewhere, I can't help you. But we do appreciate you following your teams from far, far away. Uh, We'll pick up some Saints conversation next week as well uh, in conjunction with our Super Bowl 50 previewing. So with that being said, I'm Sean Kelly. And uh, thanks again. So, so long for just a while. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back next week. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report.